It's not Loman and Barkley, starring Loman and Barkley, with special guest, Giselle McKenzie. Enjoyed her for so, so many years as, on records and on her own television show and in the theater. Giselle McKenzie. Yes. I must say, you two are beginning to look alike. I, yep. You may know this, but have you told the Jack Benny story before? Yes, I did a couple of times. It's, it's a marvelous story. Why don't you do it again? Well, it's, it's marvelous because it's true. I um, was in London, and you know how difficult it is to reach people when you call them. They're getting up, and you're going to bed, and every, the whole schedule is upside down when you call overseas. But it just happened that when I went to London, this is uh, years ago, uh, all of a sudden the phone rang. And uh, the overseas operator said, Miss McKenzie, yes. She said, Mr. Jack Benny is calling you from the Sherry Netherlands Hotel in New York City. Will you accept the call? And I said, oh, of course, of course. And I got on the phone, and Jack said, Giselle, would you sing me an A? <laughs> and like an idiot, I stood there overseas and sang him an A. He said, he's scraping on the violin, trying to tune it. He says, you know, thank you. He said, I thought it was cheaper than renting a piano. <laughs> Hi, this is Mr. Dreyer, and you are listening to TV Confidential. If your wife don't understand you, and you smashed, my name is Sam, but don't, don't call me mama anymore. Ed Robertson along with Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, and our guest, Jim Abel. Jim Abel. Emmy-nominated comedy writer, one of the staff writers for Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Jim, Tony, and Donna are with us via Zoom. Jim also wrote many of the blackout sketches for Love American Style, plus he also wrote original material for Lily Tomlin's second comedy album, And That's the Truth, plus original material for the likes of the Doobie Brothers, Cass Elliot, and Margaret, and L.A. TV and radio personalities, Al Lohman and Roger Barkley. You can follow Jim Abell on Facebook. Before we went to break, Jim was telling us about the Lohman and Barkley, a pilot for a TV variety series featuring Lohman and Barkley that also featured many guest stars, including Carol Burnett. The show never sold, but it's one of those shows that you make, and people that work in the editing room and that work in the wherever, they managed to get a copy of VHF or on the PVD because they're funny shows. One of the bits on that show, they're doing the dance number or something like that, and all of a sudden you hear a, a tractor or something, and then from behind the curtain comes a forklift with Carol Burnett driving it. Now, I know that sounds impossible, like, well, what, she wasn't really driving, somebody's pushing it, but no, she knew how to run the backhoe, and she comes running out there on the stage and stops with the engine running, and puts the bucket down, and says, where'd you get that set? And Al Loman says, Roger, where'd we get that set? And she, he says, well, right across the hall. She goes, that's my studio. That's where I shoot my show. She gets back on the thing. I'm taking this set back home, drives the <laughs> thing out of the up. Wow. I mean, wow. When you wrote something like that and it, and it comes off, some of the people were shaking their heads like, you don't put Carol open in a forklift in, in the studio. God knows what will happen. Well, it worked out really good. She made it a classic bit. Yeah, because funny is funny, and she recognized, she saw the funny, and she was able to pull it off. And in a way, it's kind of full circle, Jim, because when you first came out here, in your mind's eye, you thought, it would be great if I could write for Carol Burnett, show, And exactly. and you were. You, you were able to write for Carol Burnett. Yeah, exactly. So if you need any backhoe work, I know somebody. <laughs> 
so much fun. Yeah. This little history lesson of uh, American popular culture in the 1960s. And, and laughing, yeah. laughing was such. I mean, it's still an iconic show. It's nothing has been able to come close to it since then. I mean, I don't think Saturday Night Live would have existed without laughing. Along that line, Donna, laughing, and I'm with the William Morris Agency that then switched over to uh, ICM, International Creative Management, and so. I wrote up, I created a night, uh, a late night show, and it was called the Almost Late Report, and I turned it into the William Morris Agency to look at it, see if they had any. And and Danny Stevens says, "Oh my God, we're we're looking at a one of our other writers has got a, a show." So he says, "You should talk to Lauren. He's got a show that's very similar to your show, and see if you guys can work something out." So I called him. I called Lauren Michaels, and we talked. And he said, "Well, I wrote several uh, laughing episodes, but never had, a, never got a contract with him." But it, this show is. He looked at what I had, and I looked at his, and he says, this, "They are very similar shows." But he says, "Lauren's was all live, and it's going to be done from New York." And I said, "Well, I don't mind if New York. I, I, I like New York, but I don't want to move to New York." In those days, you couldn't really get a job writing a show yeah. if you weren't there. So I never did uh, Saturday Night Live, but he sure made a wonderful thing out of it. And wow. I think he thought more planned than I did from what I've seen on the show. And what an amount of – just think how many years he's been managing the helm of Yeah, it's still on. 40-something years, something like that? That's amazing. And it's, it's amazing because I always felt like laughing could not be duplicated. And I think that was proven about 10 years after. But, you know, SNL also, I think there have been so many attempts to do it. And I think successful attempts, but nothing with the longevity. Right. Uh, nothing that, has had that longevity. Nothing with that type of longevity. And, uh, you know, you talk to cast members on that show and their inspiration was the Carol Burnett show and laughing. And, uh, you know, so it, it seems like, you know, you get something that it can reinvent itself. But I just can't imagine what was accomplished at the time of laughing could ever possibly be duplicated today. We were so naive. I'm speaking for me, but pretty much anybody I can think of relative to subjects that we never even thought about. We were we were funny people. That's what we did. But that's not that's not the way it is anymore. There's some serious stuff out there and you better be darn sure of you know, which position you're taking before you expect somebody to laugh. You know, Goldie was famous for her little chuckle and giggle, you know, and she was so young and innocent and beautiful that it was delightful to the audience. We used to have letters come in to laugh in so many that over 10,000 letters, fan letters for the show a week. And in fact, Gary Owen said, well, why don't we do a letters to laugh in show and I'll read some of them. And they did that show. I don't know if that was during the daytime, but I'm, most people never even heard of it, let alone that it was on for a season. But it was I remember. Actually, I remember that show. One letter I remember, it said, we're 87 and 89. We're in a retirement community in Florida, a full nursing facility, and we're not doing well. But my husband, when he sees laughing, and especially Goldie Hawn, he's so delighted and happy. He does a little dance around the room, and she said, you guys are wonderful. Thank you. And I was like, wow. That's a nice compliment to be able to do, do that for someone. Remember when laughter used to be the best medicine? Well, now you got to buy it on a street. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 
I was going to say, it's got to be very gratifying to know, I mean, you, you, look, when you work material out, you hope you make your colleagues laugh because if you make your colleagues laugh, odds are you're going to make the audience laugh, but it always feels good to hear from the audience, doesn't it? It does. And uh, everybody was, would send us a joke. It, a lot of the letters were, here's a joke I wrote. And it's a joke we'd already heard before we ever even started writing jokes. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they didn't realize they didn't create it. <laughs> but that made us laugh. That, you know, yeah. How dare they push the joke off. They never said that joke you guys did. It was mine. No, they, they weren't accusing us of stealing. They were saying, here's a joke that I came up with. And well, that's a coincidence. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's when the audience stop writing. Mm -hmm. That's when laughter turns to tears. Yeah. <laughs> you know, George had a propensity for hiring book writers that were such funny books. And so when he hired Alan Katz as a writer, a great writer, mm -hmm. uh, Alan Katz, had, his one credit was he had designed the box for Screaming Yellow Zonkers, which was kind of a... <laughs> a that was like a cereal, wasn't it? Yeah, it, no, it was a snack. Screaming! Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. like, like Cracker Jack or something like that. Yeah. But like popcorn, yeah. not popcorn, but yeah. something. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Popcorn with something on it, like caramel corn. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, uh, let's see. Besides Jack Margolis, who wrote *Child's Garden of Grass*, uh, George liked the humor in that so much he hired him. I, I like the opening of that book, George show this the things that made him some in the opening of jack margolis's child's garden of grass he says i wrote this book with ernie and uh i've never smoked pot but ernie has in fact ernie hides his stash in his shower curtain rod and he lives at 5118 highland avenue you know <laughs> that's funny <Yeah. laughs> this guy helped him write the book and then he turns them in which he didn't, of course. Yeah. Jim Abel is with us via Zoom, along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen. Jim Abel, Emmy-nominated comedy writer, one of the staff writers of Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. Let's see, what what other books did he find so funny that there was... I mean, it's a good source of comedy writers. that You, you know, when you think of funny products that have been made. Yeah, so, well, it, it goes back to because you had so many jokes you packed in three hours of material into a 52 minute show so yeah you yeah. would you you would look for you would look for the funny from wherever you can find it whether it was uh, fellow television writers whether it was you know authors whether it was um uh, the guy who designed screaming yellow zonkers it's absolutely yeah. and sometimes for for example they put chet Dowling and i together i was 20 something and he was 40 something and he was, his uncle was a, a big wheel on, in New York on Broadway and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I came from the San Fernando Valley. My dad worked at Lockheed, you know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. But uh, back to Goldie and her giggle, it was actually genuine. She, she would, and once it got to be where it was written in the script, now Goldie does her giggle. Not only would she not try it, but we're sure glad she didn't because it was, that was disingenuous. Yeah. She was so sweet that's <laughs> wonderful two things that just popped into my head one when you do the news of the future when you do the you know and you forget that yeah. laughing did the news but when dan rowan would do the news of the future and i'm watching it now on youtube or something and i'm going oh my god 
Exactly. They, they nailed it. This yeah. is prophetic. This yeah. is, uh, you know, about Ronald Reagan running. Yeah, was it Ronald Reagan? Pre, you know, uh, Dateline White House. President Ronald Reagan denies that he's running for governor of California or yeah. something like that. Uh, but also the one uh, for like 1984. Now, the stuff didn't happen in 1984, but it certainly is happening now, some of the stuff that they were talking about. Right, and 1984 is ancient history. I mean, wow. But it, like, yeah, just to watch, you know, the way. First of all, the way that they were sending up the news, I think, was becoming a little bit more reality of how news programming is done. Uh, but also, you know, and then later on to have William F. Buckley on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, yeah he had the joke about how uh, George Slaughter promised that he would be flown out on a plane with two right wings. Uh, <laughs> but the other bit and I wish, what I wish I'd said that yeah. was that I wish I'd said that yeah. yeah I mean it was a brilliant interview and to have you know this conservative icon in, you know in the den of the counterculture and and the format was a little different than what we were used to because it wasn't the quick cuts it was like a conversation with William F. Buckley and like Lily Tomlin approached them in her comedic persona and all that, but it was just very different and very, uh, you know, to see John Wayne in the bunny suit uh, yeah. doing bits. Uh, and of course, the historic uh, Nixon cameo. Won the 68 election. Yes, and, exactly. And, uh, and but then uh, the other thing I remember so well as a kid is the joke wall. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that the... Uh, the National Comedy Center in Jamestown. Yeah, I, I think in there, and the, where there's the laugh, there's an existing laughing exhibit, I think it'd be great to have a joke wall and have the jokes really simple. Let's say the kids are 9 and 11 and they're visiting with their parents. They can go behind there and assuming they can read when the doors open, when they open the door and they and they say the line, you know, and then they, they get a copy of that material. I think that would be a, a fun thing to do is to have your somebody that you know open one of the doors and stick their head out and say an actual line like knock knock. Well, we we know two of the knock, people knock. we know two of the people who work in PR with the National Comedy Museum. We may I I, I, I may ask them to contact you because that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 I, I would love to have an advent calendar. That's the lap and joke wall. Yeah, that would be yes. I don't know if it's marketable. Maybe the slaughter uh, people can and work on that. I, I don't know. You'd have like a, a little chocolate Goldie Hawn or something uh, inside. That would be a chocolate Chelsea. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, as a kid, you remember it. And then as an adult, you're watching and going, this is hysterical. Especially yeah. when, like, Goldie Hawn would never get the joke right. Yeah. And that would just... Yeah, but it would just overflow. It was like Johnny Carson's monologue. The most memorable jokes are the ones that don't get the laugh or the ones he screws up. And Goldie could mess up a joke, and then everybody would just build up on her screwing up the joke. And that's where the true pure comedy came from. That's the payoff, yeah. Jim Abel is with us via Zoom, along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen. Jim Abel, Emmy-nominated comedy writer, one of the staff writers of Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. I was talking about some of the writers that had written funny books, and Jack London comes to mind. He was never there. He was up in Alaska. He and his wife, Jack Douglas' wife, they were famous, and 
they were on the Merv Griffin show and they're on the Tonight Show all the time and stuff like that. But he said, I'm getting away from here. We have a baby now and we're going to go up to Canada. And he bought us a lodge that you can only get to by airplane. And so the first book he wrote up there was, they had, when he bought the place, he didn't even ask it. It hadn't firewood or anything like that, Jack Douglas. So he, sure enough, he gets up there and, and the, uh, there's no firewood. And it's freezing cold. And the plane dropped all their stuff and took off. And so that's where they're going to spend the winter, supposedly. And so he wrote a book called Shut Up and Eat Your Snowshoes, which is... <laughs> Just about their complaint that he bought this place and there's no way to do anything, you know. And, I just, and his other book is, Jack Douglas's other book is, What Do You Say to a Naked Bus Driver? <laughs> it's a funny book. I don't know if anybody's heard of it, but it, it, it sold well when he wrote it. I, I was stuck on the visual for, for, for a second. I mean, that you, you, that's kind of funny, but... Uh, um, it's a frightening visual. Ed. It is. That's exactly... That, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jim, this has been a lot of fun. We'll have to invite you back and do this again one of these days on TV Confidential. All right. I think we can go have dinner at the, uh, the four of us or more at the... At the, the, the now I can't get... At the Smokehouse. The Smokehouse. The Smokehouse. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. All right. All right, we'll do it. Well, thanks a lot. You can follow Jim Abel on Facebook. In the meantime, a reminder that Rowan and Martin's Laughing, the complete series, is available at retail for the very first time from our friends at Time Life. Rowan and Martin's Laughing, the complete series, the mammoth 37-disc box set that features all 140 episodes of Rowan and Martin's Laughing, all digitally remastered for the very first time and including 89 episodes that have never been available in stores before. Rowan and Martin's Laughing, the complete series box set available at retail for the very first time from our friends at Time Life. Extra features include the rarely seen pilot episode of Rowan and Martin's Laughing, which was originally broadcast on September 9th, 1967, plus the Laugh-In 25th Anniversary Cast Reunion and a whole lot more. Rona Martin's Laugh-In, the complete series, 37-disc box set, available at retail for the very first time at Amazon.com through our friends at Time Life. We'll take a quick timeout, then we'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast. You can enjoy This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com 
for more information on how they can help you.